faculty members were reaching out to kids that were in quarantine. Um, our Student Success Center was reaching out to these kids to make sure that they were keeping up with their classes. Uh, it, even at one point, we set up a program where the, the students that were in quarantine could request food that was outside of what was being delivered to their room. So we would actually we'd have people volunteer to go to the stores and buy them snacks and, and, and foods that they were requesting. And um, it, it was really neat to see the community rally together to, to support these students. And again, that continues to this day. Um, like I said, it's, I wish we were on the back end of this, but not yet, but we're getting close. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. We continue our seven-part series on the work of Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri today. We started with Dr. Carol Taylor, president of the school, and she is retiring, but oh, the great lessons she shared from her life and service. So I encourage you to download and listen to that episode. But as we continue, we'll talk about interesting topics like mental health and Bible literacy. And Evangel is an accredited liberal arts university. They have more than 70 academic programs, and they have a strong commitment to the integration of faith, learning, and life. It sounds like an exciting place to be. Today, we have Dr. Michael Kolstad. He's vice president of university advancement, and he graduated from Evangel in 1988 with a Bachelor of Music Education degree. And while he was there, he was awarded the prized Certificate of Performance. He's a trombonist, so we'll learn more about that. But he holds both master's and doctoral degrees in trombone performance from UNC, University of North Carolina, at Greensboro. Dr. Kolstad is the founder and director of the Evangel University Summer Music Camp and the Evangel University Honors Academy that brings in more than 800 prospective students to the campus. He's founder of the Evangel Jazz Ensemble and Evangel Trombone Academy. That's for local junior and high school students. And he has also worked with Robert Goulet, Mannheim Steamroller, and the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus, among other stars and celebrities. Dr. Kolstad, we welcome you to Charisma Connection. And today we turn from music to the COVID-19 pandemic, which is very different. Uh, did you bring your trombone today? <laughs> no, I did oh, not. That's too uh... bad. <laughs> if people want to hear your music, is there somewhere they can go? You know, that's a great question. Actually, that was a different life for me. The About seven years ago, when we got our new president, Dr. Taylor, who you've already mentioned, she asked if I would be interested in stepping out of the music area and uh, join her cabinet in the advancement area, which, after some soul-searching, I, I decided to take that step and have loved every minute of it. But it, I still love music, but it took me away from the, the performing aspect of music. Right. Well, you have a great background, and I'm sure you can pick it up anytime. So, well, thank you. Well, the past nine months have been really an unprecedented time for our nation and for the world. Can you share how Evangel has responded to the pandemic? Yeah, I would be happy to. So, like everybody else, it was it, it rocked our world last March. Uh, 
at that point, we were just doing our normal thing with our seated classes. Um, we had uh, about 2,200 students, about 1,500 of which were on campus. And then everything started shutting down. So the first step was, okay, we've got to protect our students and we've got to get them home. So we moved hundreds of classes online. Uh, the kids went home as we finished out the spring semester. We postponed uh, commencement. And uh, fortunately, the, everything worked well, and we were able to finish out the semester online. Then during the summer, uh, our president approached me about assembling a task force to look at what we would need to do to safely reopen the university for the fall semester. So we pulled together a team of, I think, about 75 people, and they each looked at various aspects of the university and began putting together a plan uh, to, to bring everybody back safely and to operate the university safely. And uh, we were able to step forward with that plan and bring the students back uh, at the end of August. And um, as we get into this conversation, I'll, I'll give you some more details. But that's that's kind of the high level of what we did to uh, to get going mm -hmm. again. 75 people is a lot to coordinate, but you had a lot to coordinate, didn't you? Oh, my goodness, yes. It's, it, we are a, a, a community campus, so we have a number of students that live here. So in addition to the things with college as far as can we safely operate and have classes, we had to figure out how we could feed them, how we could keep them safe in the dorms, uh, how athletics was going to be impacted, how things like musical ensembles and drama performances would be impacted. And it was very complicated. In fact, we ended up putting a draft together that was over 65 pages that was really just a how-to manual, you know, how to stay safe. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of schools could use that right now. Oh, yeah, it's something else, isn't it? <laughs> Surely is. And leading through a pandemic as uncharted waters, I wonder what leadership lessons you learned this year. Yeah, that's great. You know, I would start with one that our president often says is, blessed are the flexible. <laughs> um, you know, it just, about the time you start feeling good about something or you think you've got a good plan, then COVID would throw us a curveball. And uh, like I said, it's the one thing is that we are very flexible. And then the other thing that I would say is that we've really learned to, to lean on the experts and really listen to what the medical establishment is saying and to take their word at, at face value. And again, with the election and things associated with that, there was a lot of noise out there. Um, but we have found that, you know, partnering with the local medical and the health officials, it's, it's been invaluable to us. I imagine so. Well, Evangel is known for its collaborative work within your community. How specifically has the university worked with local leaders to coordinate your response? Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that I am most proud of. You know, Springfield, Missouri is where Evangel is located, and it's actually a college town. There are four major universities Oh, really? Hmm. So one of the things that we did is we set up... Uh, Earlier, it was weekly meetings with the presidents and the, the task force leaders of each of the schools, and they would literally meet once a week, share notes, hey, how's it going, what's working for you guys, hey, what's not working for you guys? And we found it to be incredibly effective. And then out of that, we also created other working groups where members of each of the schools would meet together, not only with each other, but also members of the county health department. And uh, we still do that now. In fact, I just had a meeting with that group uh, two days ago, and uh, these will continue on for the duration of the pandemic. 
but it's that collaboration that we have found to be so invaluable. Um, and like I said, we it just helps. Hey, when this school's trying this, did it work well? Not so well. What could we do to make that work here? What do we need to tweak? You know, and that type of thing. And one of the things that we're looking at right now is we're starting to put plans together for the vaccine distribution. And again, we found it very helpful to, to be in contact with the other schools to see how we can do this most effectively and quickly for our students. Well, that's pretty cool that you all are in the same town and you could work together in that way. How many students are there at Evangel? Right now, we've got about 22 to 2,300. Uh, about 1,500 are on campus, and the others are what we would call distance uh, education students. Yes, doing online classes. That's right. Well, a that's lot exactly of students right. are doing that nowadays. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, how have you rallied together to kind of show your care and concern for students during this season? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. The Again, as you touched on it, you know, Evangel, we are a, a very tight-knit community. Uh, one of the early conversations I had with the county health department was about our students that are either put into isolation because they tested positive or those that would be put into quarantine because of direct exposure. And the county called me one day and they were very concerned and said, you know, as this starts to happen and you put kids in these settings, will you be able to check up on them? You know, we're hoping that you'd be able to check up on them more than um, once or twice during their 14 days of quarantine. And I laughed and I said, that's not going to be a problem because we're going to be in touch with these kids two and three and four times every single day with various support, academic support, social support, spiritual support. And sure enough, that's what happened. Faculty members were reaching out to kids that were in quarantine. Um, our Student Success Center was reaching out to these kids to make sure that they were keeping up with their classes. Uh, it, even at one point, we set up a program where the, the students that were in quarantine could request food that was outside of what was being delivered to their room. So we would actually we'd have people volunteer to go to the stores and buy them snacks and, and, and foods that they were requesting. And uh, it, it was really neat to see the community rally together to, to support these students. And again, that continues to this day. Um, like I said, it's, I wish we were on the back end of this, but not yet. But we're getting close. Yes, and there's a couple of vaccines in the works, so that's good news. Mm -hmm. So as you look to the future, are there any takeaways from this coordinated response that have changed the way you view or will do business as usual? Um, again, I, I want to say so much view as much as perspective. And just as a reminder that we're really here for each other and to take care of each other. Uh, you know, it's, that's the command. It's the command of love in the Bible. And it really, through this whole process, it's just really served as a reminder that, you know, coming to school is important, getting your degree is important, but really just taking care of each other and loving on each other is the most important. Um, and like I said, I just it, that's probably my biggest takeaway. Just It's it just been a reminder that we're here for each other. Well, I think uh, Dr. Taylor picked the right person to be part of university advancement. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> so how can people learn more about Evangel? Well, I would start with our website, uh, evangel.edu, E-V-A-N-G-E-L.edu. Um, quite a bit of information there. You know, they certainly could reach out to us by phone, which is 1-800-EVANGEL. 
and that we would be happy to share information with them. Uh, we're pretty proud of our school and, and would love to uh, share our, the gospel of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems you have a lot to offer, I'm sure, to students of any age. So evangel.edu or 1-800-EVANGEL. Correct. Thank you so much, Dr. Michael Kolstad, for being with us today. It's been interesting to learn about what Evangel University is doing to help anyone affected by this pandemic, and we certainly appreciate your leadership in that area. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you just giving us time to share. Well, it's, it's exciting to learn about a school like this, so I hope that people will go to your website, evangel.edu. Thank you so much once again. Thank you. I'm Chris Johnson. Friends, you've been listening to Charisma Connection. Be sure to check out our new podcast on the ever-growing Charisma Podcast Network, as well as some of the ones that have been up there and are very popular, like Strang Report and Green Lines. You'll get some exceptional interviews there. Find it all at cpnshows.com. That stands for Charisma Podcast Network, cpnshows.com. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 